0: Welcome back to Author Conversations, presented by Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. I'm Jonathan Foster. Today I'm speaking with photographer Kim Hill. Kim is a freelance writer, website designer, painter, award-winning photographer, and overall Jill of all trades, who lives in sunny and often stormy Florida. She has two degrees in criminology and is an advocate for SkinCancer.net. Kim has recently had three of her photographs selected for the Cleo Art Fair in Chelsea, New York City. She has contributed to In the Eye of the Storm, Stories of Survival and Hope from the Florida Panhandle, Survival's work created in the wake of Hurricane Michael, in layman's terms, in the aftermath of the storm, and has a horror author pen name she writes under. When she is not working, Kim enjoys road trips, movies, and incessant reading way past her bedtime. So Kim, thanks for joining me. Hi, I'm glad to be here. All right, so what came first, your interest in photography or your interest in abandoned places?
1: Abandoned places. Um, Even growing up, I'd always pass by, like, um, junkyards with cars in it and wonder, you know, what the story was behind it. Even wrecked cars, you know, in some kind of morbid way. I was like, you know, what's the story? You know, are the people okay? That kind of thing. And um, so for years, you know, even later, you know, if we saw, like, an abandoned place or whatever, just started taking pictures of it and because it was just interesting and different and um it kind of grew from there but then we became a professional photographer or you know mid professional you know did weddings and stuff like that and it kind of flourished from there you know and so we were able to combine you know both loves into
0: one thing Yeah. I mean so uh, when you were able to it's rare for somebody to find something that they love to be able to do if you can combine both of your hobbies together into especially to do something like a book, uh that's something really special.
1: Uh very much so. Um I my job is my, you know, my um, career, I'm a freelance writer, so, you know, combining all of that together is just phenomenal,
0: you know, I love it. You know, and it, something that is a little bit different, I think, too, about your books is that you're You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, I see beauty in, you know, detritus. I see beauty in the, you know, fading away of these buildings or objects. And that's great, too. I'm not taking away from that. But you also wonder what happened to the people who owned the houses, who owned the cars, who owned the boats, who worked in the trains. Uh, It's a little bit different take, I think, than most of our abandoned books that we work with. Well,
1: um, I guess that's just me. I mean, I've always I just I don't know if that makes me you know, since to people are nosy but you know, I've always want to know what happened. Um, you know, I love a mystery, you know, why would there be an abandoned, um, you know, mansion, you know, or, uh, you know, a, a super nice house that, you know, is just that people would love to be able to afford to own and it's just empty you know and left to you know rot you know why is that or 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 why did people leave stuff you know behind that you would think you know or things that Mm -hmm. they would take I mean I understand if you're suddenly maybe you're downsizing or maybe you're moving in a place you can't take everything but sometimes I mean you know I'll see abandoned houses, maybe not even personally, but that other people are taking pictures of. And there's like, you know, a grand piano or something. So things that are valuable that were just left um, to sit there till they're no longer valuable. Or it's just like somebody
0: Um, just up and left in the middle of the night for no reason. Or, you know, it's it's crazy.
1: So I find all that fascinating, um, you know, and of, of the why, you know, how did your... I mean, I could understand some things, you know, maybe a car or a boat, maybe you could afford to have it moved um, or because I've got plenty of those and nice boats too, but not everyone can, you know, whatever happens that they can't afford to maybe get it. And I forget the term for what it is when you have to move the boat and pick it up. There's an actual word for that, but, you know, I understand that, but I don't know. It's just, even if you, the people died, say, in a house, usually you would think it would go to, like, an estate, or if they didn't have any heirs, it, at least the the county would, however that works, take it over. Yeah, or bank or, or whatever, something would do something. Yeah. Maybe they're just sitting in limbo with, you know, red tape and stuff. Who knows? But it's just fascinating.
0: In our society, red tape? No. <laughs> That's crazy talk. I know, That's right? That's probably what's happening. But, you know, in... In abandoned Northwest Florida, there's something I haven't seen in a book before. Um, I mean, in an abandoned book, anyway. Uh, you have photographs of a pet cemetery. How did you come across that pet cemetery? Um,
1: I can't remember the exacts, but we, before, I mean, we were doing abandoned stuff, and I was wanting to do a um, a series, and I kind of did it, but it never really went where I wanted it to go or you know, took off like I wanted to, but I wanted to do a series back in the day of uh, photographs that were people doing normal things, but the place was empty. Everything was abandoned. So like, you know, I got this idea because right underneath the bridge that we crossed over, there was an abandoned, um I think it was Shoney's. And I thought, how cool would it be if there were people in there sitting, like they were eating, you set up a shot that way, but the place was empty. So, you know, fast forward, we never did that. It never panned out. Fast forward to, we did some at a golf course, like an abandoned uh, mini golf. But I had a friend who likes kind of darker themes or whatever. and She wanted, we had heard about this um, pet cemetery. Someone had mentioned it and we found it. Because, you know, people protect, obviously, their, you know, the places they find. And someone had just mentioned it. So we did a little research and found the, Pet cemetery, we actually, um, you don't see those pictures obviously because it's not right for the book, but we did a a photo shoot there with a a girl that was modeling like um, in the church part of the uh, um, pet cemetery to like she wore like a white, not a wedding dress, but something like a wedding dress, and it was like her being left there and it was all abandoned because no one you know, showed up, and Mm. and that was our original, um, you know, it was half of the photo shoot, and the other half was doing the, um, the pet cemetery itself, which was so interesting. Again, why was that just left? I mean, I guess maybe they couldn't afford maybe to keep their business running, but it's just this, and the outside's beautiful, though. I guess the people that, or it was, you know, would take care of their pets, and they would do the grass cutting. It's kind of, it's not remote remote, but it's like off the beaten path. You yeah. can't just, you usually just don't run up on it, because there's a lot of trees in the front and all, but it was a a, a beautiful little pet cemetery outside until um, the hurricane. Now there's just trees. I mean, it's just covered in trees. You can't even access it now. But, um, but that was our idea, and that's how we got the pet cemetery. So we found another one that someone told us about, the one in Pensacola, so we uh,
0: got some pictures of that. So
1: I just, anything abandoned like that is cool as heck, especially something different, you know? Yeah,
0: it was way different. And you have a lot of different stuff in here, too. I mean, you have photos of abandoned jets from a military crash that had happened uh, yes. railroad cars, uh, rusting farm uh, equipment and everything. I mean, it's just the way you came across all this stuff's incredible, especially the stories with the jets was incredible to me.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. That was a, uh, I can't take full credit for that. A, uh, one, a, a person on my, I run a, you know, page, uh, a group on, well, it's a page, not a group on Facebook that, you know, is abandoned, you know, it's called abandoned Gulf coast and they, people someone mentioned the jets which is right down the road from us pretty much maybe 60 miles or so and um i'm like that is like the coolest thing ever you know so i mean where else you know can you just run up on a an abandoned plane crash you know so that was one of the most uh, fascinating ones and of course the uh, the Dozier School was the other one which we've all been to around here I think you know yeah. many and times. Actually
0: you know I, Kim I wanted to talk to you about that because in one of my very first podcasts I did with the company um, a fellow Floridian uh, of yours Mark Muncie, who's written Creepy Florida Neary Florida Freaky Florida um, he wrote about the Dozier School for boys and it's history and but you actually oh, wow. got in to photograph the site um, and the story of the well, site and the boys there were, you know, with, with history of the beaten and the de- beating beatings that occurred there and the deaths that occurred. It's incredibly sad, and, and it's a story that needs to be remembered. So, what was it like for you there that day, documenting what's left of the site?
1: Well, I was there with um, my best friend, and he um, he's about, I guess he's he, he's about ten years older than me, and he and it hit him very hard because. Um, he could relate to some of the, I guess, you know, like the, you know, boys being sent away to school or whatever, that kind of thing. And although he'd never been there, he was very upset about while we were there. Um, it was at the first part when you try to, we, we couldn't go in, in, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because there was a guard, you know, they've got it, you know, they've got art, but he talked to us. He was really nice. He let us, take pictures through the fence, and all, but the opposite side of the street is some of the housing and the church and all that, which you can access. So that's fine. And then we went around the back through the woods. It was hot as heck and it has been raining. So everything was muddy and you can walk kind of through the woods to the fence and get pictures through the fence that way. And we had thought about taking a drone back, but you know I'm not a great drone flyer, so you know'd have to practice to get the drone in there and got it you know if it fell, you know you, you've lost it because everything's fenced in and barbed wire and all that but um yeah, it was a uh, it was more so haunting on the other side than the actual housing part only because we could access the other. Um, but it was a little creepy, you know, doing the other side too, because there were like animal bones and stuff. I have pictures mm-hmm. of those, like dead animal bones and stuff by the access points. And I was like, well, that's weird, you know? It
0: is weird, yeah. Um, it's one of those sites that I hope doesn't get lost to history and the story about what happened there doesn't go away. Um, I hope, you know, your books like yours and books like Mark's that have been written with the story in it, uh, keeps that, keeps that alive so people don't forget about the tragedies that occurred at the Dozier School. So, but that was interesting to was actually see people. images.
1: Yeah.
0: But let's go on to, the, I want to talk about, uh, you know, some other things you have in the book. You do have the Bellamy Bridge in the book too. It has a yeah. ghost story related to it, so that was interesting. But you got boats And even though there's boats in this book, I'm going to guess that in your next book, Hurricane Michael's Aftermath, which focuses on Hurricane Michael's Aftermath, that comes out, I think, in May, um, you're going to have a lot of abandoned boats in that book, too. And what brought about you wanting to write a book about abandoned, what's left after, or still is abandoned after Hurricane Michael came through? Well,
1: that one... That one was a sensitive topic. I was scared. I wanted to showcase a lot of things. Uh, one, obviously, being abandoned stuff, but also our area after the storm. And But I also want to be sensitive to the people who live here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may be their house that, you know, there's a picture of or or, you know, whatever. So I actually talked to a friend who's also a photographer in Mexico Beach, um, which was hit the hardest. That was like ground zero. And um, he lost, you know, his house, three of his cars, that kind of thing. Um, You know, and I said, you know, if I do this, you know, how would you feel about it? You know, and he's like, oh, no, it's no big deal. I've got some pictures you can use too because he, you know, was there right when we could only go, you know, a few weeks later And um, so I just wanted to share, you know, how things look. And, and of course, I put in a disclaimer that some of the places I took pictures of would obviously be, um, you know, torn down. Some would be rebuilt, and some are the way they are now. So I put that little uh, caveat in there to try and, you know, be sensitive to people who lost things. Or you know, you know, their home or their vehicles or whatever, and still tell the story. And you know, because a lot of people in this area felt that we were forgotten because yeah. there were a lot of disasters going on at the same time. You know, obviously, and you know, it's not a contest, but you know, you do kind of feel like, hey, what about us? You know, so you know, anything that brings a little bit of attention. To what's still going on. I mean, there's places that still look exactly like they did, you know, October 10th, 2018.
0: So, yeah. And, you know, and with that storm, I remember watching it because, of course, every year it seems here in Charleston that we have to evacuate and we're getting evacuation order. Right. You you know, you do get kind of like, because you know, this living near the coast, you know, down there on the Gulf Coast, you get kind of lackadaisical and you can get jaded about hurricane warning, you know, warnings and evacuation orders. Um, oh, yeah, we stayed. Yeah, you know, they're like, if, if I mean, let's be honest, they say it's a category one, you're kind of just like, eh, okay, that's like a big wind, you know, you kind of get that kind of feeling yeah. every once in a while about it when you really shouldn't, let's be honest, but you can. Uh, But, yeah, I remember that storm, though, we are, my wife's family lives in Thomasville, Georgia. So I remember even into Thomasville which is you know just maybe you know 30 miles north of tallahassee you know they had to evacuate that far inland too to try to get away from it you know we thought that that storm was going to shift and come up the east coast so we were thinking about going to thomasville to evacuate if we had to so it was just that was one of the storms where it was kind of crazy because you didn't really know where it was going to go and
1: uh yeah and That's why we stayed because, you know, we've been through a three with Hurricane Opal. So we're like, Mm -hmm. you know, if it comes in a two or three, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's like you kind of start worrying when they're talking about a four.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: when we went to bed on Tuesday night, um, Tuesday it was like a category two. They had talked about it. But when we went to bed, I mean, this was the fastest if I'm not mistaken, if I give any wrong facts, it's not intentional. But it was like the fastest, like growing. I mean, by the time we woke up, it was you know pushing like a. It was coming in as a category four. Well, it's too late to leave because we're surrounded by bridges to get it. Mm-hmm. Unless you go up, you know, towards Dothan, and and then the you know the roads are gridlocked, the bridges are closed. You know, you're kind of stuck. So we. You know, hoped for the best and wrote it out. And then turns out later it was a category five that hit us. And uh, I was terrified and I love storms, but it was um, the scariest thing I've ever been through. And it's like we shouldn't have stayed, but you know, who knew? You know?
0: But as we're talking right now, we are, you're isolated in your house. I'm isolated up here in Charleston in my house. And we're all none of us dealing with this pandemic right now. Um, but once we're out, from this pandemic uh, we're going to be going out we're going to be going to uh, reschedule and use some book signings and we are going to be going back out into the community and I'm guessing you're itching to get back out and take some more photographs of abandoned places
1: oh I am um, that's the only thing I can do here at least um, I could go out and take photos if I want because you wouldn't be around anyone
0: thanks again to Kim for joining me and you for listening and you can find Kim's books at ArcadiaPublishing.com and at your local bookstore. While you're at ArcadiaPublishing.com, look for other books on your town by entering in your zip code to the search part. Are you interested in being a local history author? Does your town or state have a story that needs to be told? Scroll down to the bottom of the page at our website and click the Make Me an Author button to learn how to write a book with Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. Once again, I want to thank Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project for the theme song to the podcast, And you can find them on Facebook under the name Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project. I'll talk to you soon.